the Space Case Sarah Show with the space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin. Who is Space Case Sarah? Spunky, edgy, smart, funny, and a rebel feminist. Now, witness it yourself on iRock Space Radio. Hello, space enthusiasts, and welcome to another episode of the Space Case Sarah Show with my space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, here on iRock Space Radio. We have a very exciting episode today that is uh, another one of what is my favorite thing to do um, a space or a science for good, space science, science, space science for good episode. And we have a really fantastic guest on, but um, I am completely like I have no idea what element we're on. Someone please tell me what we're on. I have no idea. Element number 24, crew. <laughs> I feel like Scar look really good. This is turning into a patent where the yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no like, what element? Are we doing the element thing anymore? A few more episodes will be like, is this a science show? <laughs> Uh, oh, we're talking about balloon animals. I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, speaking of balloons, I do want to talk to you guys about that. But yeah, okay. So what? Um, Chromium. So, uh, Chromium, yes. <laughs> yes, my everybody's favorite web browser, Google Chromium. Um, Chromium is a very fun and shiny element. <laughs> um, the reason why I see it, we see it as being so shiny is because it reflects about uh, 70% of the visible light that hints it. Um, so because our eyes are evolved to see visible light more than other parts of the electromagnetic spectrum, chromium looks super shiny. Um, I always think about that uh, bad guy from the Terminator movie who's like comprised of metal when I think of chromium. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, every time. And and yeah, like that would be kind of scary. Like this giant chrome thing coming at you. It doesn't rust and uh, it cannot be killed. Mm. It makes me think of also that, the, you know, I don't remember her name, but the shiny stormtrooper in the new Star Wars movies. She, Captain I'm sure. Phasma. Ah, you would know. Captain <laughs> would know, and I didn't like the character. <gasps> okay, we started on Star Wars, everybody. I'm a star. Okay, no, no, we're gonna we'll steer. We'll, let's just move on. Steer away from that. Okay, steer away from that, Benjamin. What do you have for us today? Ah, for our Quirumium episode, which will air on January 28th, it will be no. Birthday for astronaut John M. Fabian, who flew on two shuttle flights and helped build the shuttle's robotic arm. And also had a birthday to, that's my tardigrade, and happy astronaut birthday to David Hilbers, who flew on four shuttle flights. And he's the second most educated astronaut of all time. He has five academic degrees, second only to Story Musgrave, who has six. And happy scientist birthday to Johannes Hevelius, astronomer from the 1600s, who created one of the first full atlases of the moon with detailed maps and names for lunar features. Some of the names are still in place. Some new names are named after him. And he also was the first to see the transit of Mercury. Look at that. When you say full atlas. Well, happy. One of the first full atlases of the moon. Of of the full moon. Of the, well. Can you, can you imagine that too? Like you're just like, somebody was like, you know what? Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to look at this. Of the visible moon from the 1600s. Yes, Kavi. But like. That go to the other side. No, no, no. I'm just saying this, this dude sat down and he's like. I'm going to name all those cratery holes. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to sit here. 
I'm going to look at that moon. I'm going to name them all. He named all a bunch of features on the moon. One of the most recognizable features that he still carries the name that he gave it was the uh, Lunar Alps. So you see those. Oh. He named it. Oh, okay. Thank you. Did he name Tycho Crater? <laughs> Do you know? I don't know. Tycho was the man. I think Tycho would have been after him, so it would have been like oddly okay. um, futuristic prediction of, yes, I'm going to name a crater after a man who will be born next mm, That's pro- Okay, fine, fine. Okay. You have your facts. For good. Uh, you know, you know, I, I just, I'm just, yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. So fact, facts are hard. So we have been doing this science for good. Now we try to do it once a month. And um, a couple of months ago, we had Lee Giat, who was the head of the Passage Project. And he is actually, he's still, I think he's still en route back to the United States at this point. Um, So he is on that project right now. And during the episode that we brought him on to talk about Passage Project, we brought up Mac. And Mac uh, donated a bunch of telescopes for his his passage project, but has also his own nonprofit, his own initiatives as well. And so when it kind of came up that, you know, we should probably do another one of these episodes, I, it was a very logical connection to ask Mac to join us for a science for good. So Mac, welcome to the show. Mac Melkawi, he is um, a part of Thank you, as long as we don't have any tornado sirens, this is going to be <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. The last time I had you on the show, a uh, tornado siren went off while I was recording. And I was like, come and think. Yeah. Because that's how long it's been since I've talked to you. So welcome back. Yeah. Thank this is you. The Thank you. Thank you a lot. So you so much has happened since we have spoken. I've been to what? Four continents. And what? if you don't lease flight, that would be five with latin america yeah south america then we five cut why i'd say our philanthropic work would have uh, you know uh, affected five different continents and uh uh oh goodness oh boy do i have updates updates. so let me set the stage really quick for everyone because benjamin um had not met mac yet uh kavi knows mac from the the spacey circles and i've met you obviously um but when i said that mac was going to come onto the show i told benjamin who is just a a, a space like a nerd. artifacts yeah space nerd yeah i was like you're gonna love mac's recording studio space and he has like a a spacex suit in the background and all of these rockets and and shuttles and yeah like everything and and uh, so your your space love radiates, even though people cannot see it. I am telling people who are listening that there is such a deep love for space. And um, let's go back to the origin, though. And I know I'm, I'm kind of having you repeat something that you've kind of already talked about the first time you came on. But your origin, your your origins are not really 
initially in space. Your your love of space kind of grew as you as you kind of progressed in into what you are now. Well, I grew up with science and STEM and in space. My dad was a professor of uh, science education at Michigan State University, and in the late seventies, early eighties, um, one of his when they go to conferences around the country, one of his science communication or science education professors and colleagues in a different university had a TV show that was about to air. So my dad goes to the CES conference and, and buys this huge, uh, well, what we thought was a tape recorder. And of course, I'm the kid in the family, so I need to have to, had it to figure out how to operate it. And my dad tells me, the record, the record, Saigon, the record, Saigon. And, and, <laughs> and, and I'm like, so every other show from A-Team and MacGyver and everything had Saigon because every other show had a uh, Vietnam type uh, uh, element to it. And I didn't understand what he's talking about. But my dad, as a new immigrant with, with poor English, he was trying to say, record Carl Sagan is about to be on television. <laughs> and so I used to have to record. And this piece of marvel, this piece of magic allowed us to watch it over and over. And you didn't have to wait for the show. You can watch it anytime you want. It was magic. <laughs> for magic, as Carl Sagan would say. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Carl, Carl is a super influential person for all of us here. Like absolutely. we've talked about it multiple times on this show. Millions <laughs> <laughs> and billions. Yeah. And, and uh, so, so watching Cosmos was was huge for me and my dad being professor of, the, of science education. So always going to museums. So love for science has always been a childhood thing that that never uh, that never died. And you know, I was one of those kids who wanted to be an astronaut. But as you grow up in the shuttle era, where only the best of the best of the best, you know, can, can be there and it's not going to be you, uh, then uh, my business... Uh, in, in my 40s, when I rediscovered that I can be a part of this new space era when space started becoming for everyone, um, I had come from a professional world of uh, oil, natural gas. So I came from the petroleum industry and uh, started doing borderless labs, which is, uh, or borderless labs, Inc., which is Blink for short, uh, on the side, just as philanthropy. I didn't even think about it as a, um, as a venture or a for-profit, or I just thought about it as an expense. It's just how I can spend my extra time doing something good. It's it's my own midlife crisis. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very noble midlife crisis. Like, no, hands I mean, down. Buy, buy a Ferrari would have been much more noble. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It would have been much cheaper, too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I um I, I love your your story of how you got into what you're doing now because it's almost like I think kind of how a lot of us, especially in the science communication world, we we kind of stumbled into it and then we're like, Oh, there is something here and this is awesome and I and I kinda wanna make something about it. I love what you're doing and um I'm trying to like figure out my timing on this here because I know how much of a story you have. So many stories. By the way, the last time I had Mac on here, he like 
he's like telling me this story he's like yeah i met this guy and he has this show and it's about blowing stuff up and blah 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 and he's like oh 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 adam 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 savage and i was like you that's right we met after i got back from san francisco we had seen adam savage's workshop and take a look at all the spacesuits he developed yeah that's right we met right after that and and it really inspired drops his name as if like oh you're this good this guy oh what's his name Hmm. i'm from san francisco i've been in front of his work shop i've never been into it so <laughs> way to go <laughs> I know. yeah that was in so, uh, around july time seven. Oh yeah tornado alley time yep you know was, yeah, yep. Yep. <laughs> so we are going to catch up and hear more about what you are doing with blink and i am so excited to hear also about your thoughts on the passage project and and you know kind of connecting that thread so we will take a quick break and when you get back you are going to hear all about mac and what he is doing and we are the space case sarah show here on irock space radio Welcome back to the Space Case Sarah Show with the Space Nerds, Kavi and Benjamin here on iRock Space Radio. We are having another one of my favorite episodes of Science for Good with a special guest, Mac Mokawi, who is, are you the founder of Blink or are you just a, a, a partner in Blink or did you start Blink? You started? Yes, I started Blink. It was, it, it was an evolution. It was a, uh, it was just a philanthropic uh Thing I just wanted to do to do good while I was traveling overseas. I just saw that there was just lack of science education. About, I'm the son of immigrants. So when I go back home to the country of Jordan and I'm a nerd, so I want to nerd out and geek out with the relatives and especially the young ones. And they don't know what I'm talking about from a Saturn V to a Falcon 9 and everything. So I said, well, why don't you watch YouTube videos or anything about it? And there is no content on YouTube like that. I said, well, I mean, there's cosmos and everything. It's, uh, they're like, well, half of them don't speak English. I'm like, but it's translated, isn't it? It's, it's, or dubbed or something. And then, you know, once I started hearing like, oh, come on, how many Korean movies uh, can you watch in a row, even though it's translated? So that two lines of translation, first of all, you're trying to read. So you're missing out on a lot of what's going on. And uh, imagine having to do that over and over and over before you get a headache. And then take it a step yeah. further. Imagine the limit of your scientific knowledge is just limited to those two lines of text at the bottom of the screen. I'm like, oh my goodness, how can they not have access to all this content? And for me, I've gotten to a point in my life where I can actually start to uh, empower and inspire people to create their own content because YouTube's a thing now. The internet's a thing now. So all you need is a phone and an internet connection and if you're smart enough, you can create your own content. So it was in a small and slow evolution of just trying to empower people to love science and space into, oh, there's a sustainable business model behind this. Let me try to do something nonprofit. And then a couple of years later saying, no, let me do something for profit and actually make a really good product and and sell it. Uh, yeah. Never heard of a nonprofit before. I've been a businessman for the last 16 years in oil and natural gas. So I know how to make a product. I know how to make a really good product and I know how to sell it. But now I find myself having to learn something I've never done before. Learning nonprofit, learning how to beg for money. 
Everyone's <laughs> 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 <was> terrible. <laughs> so after me, oh, no, I'm just going to make really good content. I'm going to make Cosmos type shows, and I'm going to make the so. Um, the, I find that there's a billion people in India, 200 million people in Bangladesh, 200 million people in, in Pakistan, 500 million Arabic speaking people around the world. And the list goes on and on, you know, scalability wise, 300 million people in Indonesia, all those languages don't have the content that we have. So, and, and Kavi, you're, you're a content creator as well. And you probably run into that as well, having to create all that language and the struggle of having to do it in different languages. Or if you don't speak English or the someone who doesn't speak English is just not going to have access to that. So I, I reshaped the business to say, oh, there's a market of nerds out there who love science and space and there's no content for them. So why don't I make the content and now I'm not going into a crowded market trying to uh compete with all these creators, you know, and, and actually just be inspired by them and, uh, instead. And that way I'm doing good, but at the same way, it's a sustainable way of doing it. It's so insightful. I, I have to say that like people, um, especially English speakers, you can kind of think, oh, well, you know, if there are subtitles, they'll be fine. And they don't understand how, as you said, like from two lines of text, you're not really getting uh, any sort of depth, right? And so like I, uh, Mac, you know, there's like, I did my undergrad in Hebrew and, you know, I, I speak conversational Hebrew, but like when you're trying to understand the depths of physics in a language that isn't your own, it's it's not the same, right? And so I feel like being able to share this content through like what you're doing and what uh, people like uh, Diane and Alcindy are doing of creating original content in Arabic. It's so it's so liberating. It's it's giving a whole other dimension to the educational mm-hmm. process. So yeah. absolutely, and it's not just Arabic. It's Arabic, Hindi. I mean, one of my scholarships this past year is uh, one of my uh, the, the way I like to describe it is you send a kid to space, and you you've all seen that kid who went to space camp and it changed your life forever. And uh, you guys are nodding and. So I figured to, you know, if you send one kid to space camp, you change one life forever. But if you make a well-made film or documentary about that kid going to space camp in their own language, like you just changed hundreds of thousands of lives forever. So that to me is the outreach of how I got inspired. And that's why I started uh, bringing up Cosmos because I fell in love with science and space through watching documentaries. Mm -hmm. And when documentaries don't exist in those other languages and they're going to become the scientists in the future, they're going to take us to Mars, they're going to take us back to the moon, then, uh, uh, you know, inspiring that generation, inspiring those cultures is just as important. So, uh, and there's also the sustainability model of it. So that's why I went for the for-profit route, just a matter of sustainability of what I know how to do versus learning at a brand new industry in my 40s. <laughs> yeah. So give me, uh, first of all, two thoughts. Well, two two things. First of all, this is the second time I've heard sort of this, you know, build up to the, the story of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you tell it with the same level of passion that I, I heard it, it the first time. And that is just so phenomenal because you are like clearly in love with mm-hmm. what you are doing because you share it in such a way that I'm listening to it again. And I'm like, yeah, like this is awesome. But give us some updates. So the the 
the uh, last time I really kind of touched base with you, I had sent you a dry suit from my boyfriend's scuba shop that we had just kind of laying around to make a bladder for a space suit for one of your camps. Let me know, like, what, what's been going on? Like, what's new with your initiative? Yes. Yeah, that was just before, just after I, uh, I left San Francisco. Uh, and we had talked the, the last time I had visited Adam Savage's uh, workshop where I saw all his suits. And I'm looking at the, the latest uh, suit he did, he did, and he built a, and he did a, a number of YouTube videos about it, so he can um, give a how-to. So a bunch of young ladies uh, who were building a spacesuit as part of our uh, space uh, Martian camp analog themed uh, camp experience in Jordan were going to build not what you see behind me here which is a uh, a costume no they're they're engineers so they're building a life support system so young uh, lady named Salam and Tasbih uh, Lana Syrian refugee said no we're, we're engineers we're going to build actual life support systems I'm talking CO2 scrubbing device thermal regulation bladder pressurized everything to be an actual spacesuit and to go to Wadi Rum that looks like Mars and that's where they actually film all the Martian movies the Martian was filmed there and planet. <laughs> oh all these wonderful movies uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade the Star Wars uh, Rise of Star Walker uh, Skywalker and uh Mortal Kombat 2. Don't know if we talked about that last week. Maybe. And uh, so when you have a multi-layered suit, a life support system, you have to start with the first layer is what edges the long john to protect your um, skin from, you know, the suit. The second layer is called the spaghetti suit. It's just a layer of, you know, tens of meters of tiny little uh, tubes of silicone with a backpack of ice cubes in water and really just a fish they made it with a fish tank uh, battery operated fish tank pump and it just circulated all of that even with a hoodie hat it circulated all the ice water through and that's the exact same model that's used right now on the MMU suit the EBA suit uh, of the International Space Station. Uh, so that was another layer. The layer on top of that is the bladder, which is like your boyfriend's dry suit, which is the uh, what was used to keep the pressure inside. And then there was a thermal layer uh, made up of, oh goodness, the lady, the um, engineers would understand it better. I hope I'm doing it justice. I believe it's a mylar layer for thermal regulation and um, a simulated outer layer of Kevlar for, so because Kevlar is so expensive, uh, <laughs> that they made a simulated layer for um, micrometeorite protection for, for the outside. And it is, uh, I will share it on the blank uh uh, social media page. So, oh, that would be awesome. I would love to see it. You will see it looks like a person on Mars. Meanwhile, it's a Syrian refugee or engineer just sharing her actual creation that was inspired by Adam Savage just weeks earlier. 
It's also super right. practical for, for being in, mm-hmm. in Wadi Rum, especially in the summertime. Like, okay, I don't know about micromedia rights, but like, <laughs> it gets hot out there. Oh, yeah, well, that's why you needed the um, the cooling system, actually. So the astronaut in the suit was doing better than the, the audience who was watching. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That is that is awesome. Um, um, so on and on, the actual science that they made, for example, your um, the breath management. So the CO2 scrubbing to get rid of the CO2 so you will kill yourself. Uh, the uh, fog mitigation. There are two different types of, uh, there's a redundant method and a primary method of fog mitigation. So you won't, uh, just your visor won't fog up. So you have a fan system and you have a, what, a thermoelectric generator. What she did is she, uh, on the leg, the heat generated from the body, difference between heat and the cold from the backpack actually creates a five volt charge, which is enough voltage to charge to, uh, to spin a five volt um, CPU fan that gets rid of the fog. And I'm like, oh brilliant. God, how do you know this stuff? <laughs> so complicated. Oh wow! Uh, see, and this is why I also I said I know Mac. I know Mac, and he's got lots of stories. We're we're already creeping up on the end of our second segment right now, and I still don't really know exactly what what's new in your world. You have so many amazing stories, and again, they, the thing that is so marvelous to me, Mac, is so marvelous, is your passion and your enthusiasm. You are. I know you said that, like you know, for profit world, but when it comes to nonprofit world too, like put this man on camera and everyone will be like take my money yeah we we need to talk about what what has been going on since the last time i talked to you so we'll definitely do that in the next segment so i'm actually i'm gonna cut it now and we're gonna let you we're gonna let you ride it out in the third segment let's you know tell us what is going on and then we need to make sure we remember to take an opportunity for people to know where your social media handles are and mm-hmm. and everything like that so that they can follow you and support you and and encourage the work that you're doing because it is really genuinely amazing so that's why i wanted you on here so we're going to take a quick break again and when we get back we will finish our conversation with matt and uh yeah you're listening to the space case era show with the, the space nerds kavi and benjamin here on irock space radio Welcome back to the Space Case Era Show with my space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin. And we have a special guest, Mac Melkawi, who is the head of Blink Borderless Labs Incorporated. And uh, he's been talking about the, literally, we just spent the last segment just talking about the spacesuit initiative that <laughs> that was a part of one of your cap, camps. I'm sorry. And then uh, I, I need some updates, though. I had you on with me back in July. There was a tornado siren. It was a very entertaining and and exciting episode. (laughs) Um, What has happened since last July? Like, let us know. Like, what is going on? And uh, we we only talked about the space. One of 17 different projects that happened in Jordan. And that was just a spacesuit. The rover that was built by an amazing team over there built a curiosity size one-to-one scale rover. Not just as an RC car, but an actual scientific instrument that does weather and methane detection. Really, methane detection. It, It was like, I didn't know that was a thing until I stepped away from it. But anyway. Thank you. 
you. Someone laughed there. Thank you. <laughs> no one gets that joke. Kami <laughs> one. He he. Yeah. <laughs> he's that, he's that like refined pinky level of nerd that. Exactly. <laughs> he's a refined nerd. Um. Uh, yeah, oh, you, yeah. So much. I was telling you that I was going to do um, Artemis training before. Um, so uh, the International Institute of Astronautical Sciences, their professors are NASA scientists and engineers and former um, uh, astronauts. And one of them, Dr. Jose, is running a class EVA 103 of lunar geology for Artemis, for current Artemis missions. And he was about to train all of these NASA astronauts and we needed, you know, a class of guinea pigs to do that. So we all went to Arizona to uh, uh, the lava fields in Arizona and we went to underwater, uh, underground uh, um, lava tubes and we spent a week just learning geology as astronauts. And that blew me a way, of course. And I had one of my scholarships from Bangladesh, who covered the entire trip in Bengali and Hindi and Urdu. Uh, I covered it in, uh, her name is Asma, by the way. And uh, I covered it in uh, Arabic. And uh, David, wh- wh- one of my partners, covered it in Spanish. And we can't wait for all of this content to come out to people who've never seen that kind of content before. And then two weeks later, uh, all of these astronauts are tweeting on their personal Twitter pages uh, of look at all this amazing stuff they're learning about geology and how they're actually going to implement this on the moon. And I was just like, I just did that. <laughs> I was right there. <laughs> I was right there. And That's oh, easy. that was amazing. So then we go to, from there in September, we went to Jordan. We had all this fantastic uh, 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 experience uh, w- with all these uh, presentations, and we had people from NASA and people from Blue Origin Club for the Future, uh, from space ca- uh, from actual space camp proper uh, at the uh, USA. It's uh, MIT. Wonder- wonderful guests, but the main stars of the show were the actual students and young engineers, you know, professionals who made that those. Like I said, not costumes or RC cars, but actual life support systems and and. And, and legit fully autonomous rovers. So that was, um, uh, and we did underwater EVA training. Um, and from there we went to Egypt and from there we went to Paris to present all of this work at the IAC. We hosted Yuri's Night at the IAC in front of thousands of people. And that was oh, marvelous. And then we came back to Groton, Connecticut, where we did uh, three things, sea survival for astronauts, and with a uh, retired shuttle safety, uh, NASA shuttle um, uh, astronaut trainer who, who basically taught us how to survive and escape a capsule, which was a mock-up of the Orion capsule just before it launched. So I, well, here I am in a spacesuit, pressurized, and had to escape the Orion capsule and rappel down into the water and wait to be rescued. And a week later, we did underwater EVA training with full body dry suits as our uh, and full face masks with comm systems. 
and uh, filmed that in Arabic and Hindi and Urdu and Bengali and Spanish and English as well. And I got a lot of editing to do. Sometimes I feel like I do too much. And now I just listen to you and I'm like, nope. And we can't be an astronaut if you don't do G training, right? And send it. Of course, of course. Somebody did that. It's nothing. So the best place to do G force training is in a fighter jet. So I figured, okay, I go to Bozeman, Montana and do G force training and Jared Isaacman's fighter alpha jet. Yes, you were telling me about that the last time you were on. You actually, so you got to do it. I, I did it. I did it. <laughs> I survived seven and a half G's for about six seconds. And um, his pilot, uh, Gustafsson, um, uh, Stroker Gustafsson, is one of those pilots who's just like, if you feel comfortable, the stick is yours. Just tell me if you need me. And it's like, okay. But I was doing barrel rolls and loops and aileron rolls. And we, we did the uh, Top Gun experience in the canyons. And we were going up the mountain, going down inverted. Wait, and from the new movie. You did that new movie. movie. I did no. that. Yeah, I did that. That'd be like nine, ten Gs. But no, it was seven and a half. For oh, come on. Don't be ridiculous, Kavi. You did Nine. Well, my man, squad. Please, please. He's not Tom Cruise, but come on. Oh, oh you you only did. It was so total. You don't get the television, by the way. Did, we did get the television. I didn't throw up. Oh, oh wow. Wow, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. And that's just, and that's nothing. That, 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 that this is just a. A uh, that's nothing. Uh, yeah, you're right. You know, compared to what the real astronauts do, I mean, our buddy Tim Dodd is going to the moon. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, we've talked about the Dear Moon Project on here. We are we are stoked. We are pumped for that mission. Gosh, I don't. I like. I'm kind of like at a loss for words right now because like so many Oh, Max got more. So, well, when Sarah and I first met each other on these Zoom calls of just sure. saying, holy, we like space. Space is great. <laughs> you, know, you know, someday maybe we could watch a launch in person or something. And here we are what, a year, two years later. Yeah. Being involved with it and actually speaking to people and being involved in their projects. Uh, and I think the last thing we talked, uh, last time we spoke, it was like, yeah, because we were so inspired to actually make our future instead of waiting for someone to invite us into theirs. And that's where we're like, wow, it took me 40 years to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> and Mick yeah, is, 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 he has been always a very special person for me in sort of the genesis of my personal life and my professional life. And so to have you on and talk, like, it's just, Stop this, it. is, this, this time I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, I mean, I'm I'm applying for a PhD, so like you know, like, uh, but you're like, yeah, I was with Jared Isaacman, and I was doing seven and a half G's, and I'm just sitting here like, no, um, that's an experience. You are getting your PhD. That is, I hope so. I hope congratulations. So. Yeah, I hope so. But no, you're so fantastic. You're green. <laughs> so I was just trying to prove a point at first. You know, the evolution we were talking about. I was trying to prove that there are nerds out there. There is a market for my content. And 
And yeah, there are nerds out there and they're everywhere and they love science and STEM and space and they just don't have, you know, the, that, that kind of, uh, a that supply that, uh, and I want them to be the creators of the future, not wait until someone else creates their content for them. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that was the point I was making and then it accidentally grew into a, oh, I can find a way of making this self-sustainable. Yeah, I, I love that. So I'm going to turn the, the the handles over to the guys really quick to let them shoot a question out or a thought or something like that to you really quick. And then I would love for you to then drop your um, your contact information, your your website, all those things so that people who are listening can follow what you're doing and support you in any shape or form that they are capable of doing so, even if it's just a like or a follow. Um, so, gentlemen, my space nerds, do you have any <laughs> kind of closing thoughts for Mac or, or anything that you'd like to say? I think what Mac's doing is absolutely inspirational. It absolutely is. I mean, I've been uh, screaming into the Psychomverse for forever, but he actually is finding people who never heard this type of stuff before. And that's the beautiful little golden nugget of it all. I think it's just fantastic. I don't really have anything to ask. I'll just (laughs) share my admiration. Well, well done. Well, Mac is just a gem. He's just a gem. <laughs> Absolutely, I feel like every Mac, every every time we speak, every time I see any of your interviews or content that you're posting, I'm just like continually more and more impressed and, and inspired and humbled um, by you. Um, I think the only question that I have would be, you know, what, what you were saying now about you know going to see rocket launches and going to see rockets and like you know creating that content that i guess is kind of limited to people who are living in the u.s um i feel like the, the flip side it's not just about bringing american space culture to the rest of the world but i think there's also something to be gained and I'm, I'm wondering if this is something that you've looked into or thought about but making a part of it uh you know bringing the culture of space and the traditions and culture of um you know yeah, indian astronomy or, or the astronomy from you know the arabic world which is basically the foundation of astronomy is is mostly from the middle east and, and mediterranean right as at least as far as naming conventions go so is that something <laughs> that you're <laughs> that you've thought about like making Dark that more available <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, those are the things. Someone asked me once, "What well, what are you expecting? Or what what do you uh, enjoy most?" And usually, the answer is the unexpected, not what I planned on discovering, but what just happened to be discovered, and what when you discover this amazing talent, when you discover not only the history of what what, what you're talking about, or the culture of, of what you're doing, but you're discovering people who, uh, I mean, my, one of my very first scholarships, I was in a Syrian refugee camp and uh, we were, at the time we were doing life support systems, it was still just costumes just to inspire them to someday want to be an engineer. And here she is as an engineer now. But when I first met her, she was dying to talk to someone who gets it about pulsars and quasars and and black holes and globular clusters. And I'm just staring at, we're in a tent here in the refugee camp. And I didn't even know what a globular cluster was. <laughs> oh, those are my favorite. No, how do you know this stuff? And she looks at me and she says, from the Google. And, I, and I'm like, so those stories that you discover and you're like, oh my, you're going to be something someday. So 
she and needed that inspiration. She discovered us and discovered our and we put a Falcon Nine model together, and she built a little CubeSat satellite CubeSat model together, and then and then she said, "Oh my God, so I'm going to be an engineer someday." And here she is now, what, fourth year uh, student engineering student who's already been part of this past. We taught her how to swim, and we taught her how to scuba dive, and now she's doing underwater. So. It's evolved not just for space science, but to STEM in general. Because when she discovered scuba diving, in order to be an astronaut, you got to learn how to be underwater EPAs. And then she discovered a whole different world. <sighs> you're breathing underwater and you're seeing a universe just meters away from where you were that is not of this earth. My goodness. <laughs> Benjamin is the only one here not certified to dive, and I think that he needs to get that done. Come on, Benjamin. This is a continuous theme. It's happening over and over. So many times. Sarah, remember that first time we described that whole scuba diving experience, and then when you're down there, you're like, how is this not required mandatory for everyone here on Earth? It is such an incredible experience, and it's an amazing experience. Trust your peers and everything, so Every one of our camp participants this year, all 42, got scuba certified, not just got a scuba experience certified because, I mean, when you're teaching, you're teaching life support system, 45 minutes worth of checklists that they have to Mm -hmm. go through. And we had an O-ring pop in the middle of like 20 meters down too. And we just dealt with it. We dealt with it the way we were trained, and someone took the spare regulator, the other person, and 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 that's what you do. You train as you. So it was training underwater to train like what in that. If we're going to spend send millions of people to live and work in space, well, you got to train millions of people to not die. <laughs> yeah, to <laughs> offer under the pressure yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, underwater definitely. So that 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 was a fantastic experience. I love it. Mac, please drop your socials and your website so that people know how to follow the amazing that is you. That's where I need to up my social media game. Uh, Borderlesslabs.org. www before that, I think. Uh, (laughs) You think? Yeah, I've been around for a while. I don't know. But <laughs> wardrobeslabs.org and the socials, I am Mac Malkawi, M-A-C-M-A-L-K-K-W-I on all social media. And I respond to all DMs and I uh, respond to everybody. Everybody's welcome. Mac, thank you so much. Oh, thank, thank you for you coming so on. Much. Yeah. Absolutely. So as always, you can follow the station, iRock Space Radio. We are now available as a podcast on any platform you could ever possibly think of ever, ever. like ones that I haven't ever. even heard of. You can follow all of us on our socials. We say it every single week. We didn't this week, but I'm Space Case Sarah. We have Fun Fact Science with Kavi and Science Actually Actually Science, depending on your platform with Benjamin. And uh, that follow, follow, but don't follow us. Go follow Mac. Go follow him. I can't even polish my chrome, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And we are so thrilled to have Mac. Thank you again. And you have been listening to the Space Case Sarah show with the space nerds Kavi and benjamin here on irock space radio you've been listening to the space case sarah show with the space nerds Kavi and benjamin a production of irock space radio go to irockspaceradio.com for more